Not bad, huh? Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20 in LA. Kind of a statement win against an agreed-upon good team, one of these juggernaut teams, and the Vikings go into their house, which was more like our house because it's the Chargers, <laughs> and, and they beat them, and it didn't come down to the last play for once. We'll break down everything here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. You might notice that my voice sounds a little bit hoarse today <laughs> because I just got home from uh, the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, went to the game myself and watched the Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20 the final. So we'll talk about everything. Uh, but first, a quick recap of the game in case you missed it or parts of it. So here is the uh, the start was like kind of this chaotic but also scoreless uh, beginning. There was no, no points in the first quarter despite um, the Vikings getting a crazy big kick return or a big punt return um, all the way into scoring position. Then Kirk Cousins fumbles on a third and eight, gives them the ball right back and kind of weird stuff like that kept happening. It felt like one of those games that's just teetering on the edge of becoming this big slop fest. Um, but ultimately, nothing came of any of that. The closest the, the Chargers got to scoring, they got into what could have been go for it kind of no man's land range. It was a fourth and four. They lined up to go for it, but they did the thing where they try to hard count you and actually just take the delay of game penalty to give their punter room. So they did that. Um, and then the Vikings kind of figured some stuff out, get up 13 to three. But as in every single game, the final two minutes before the two minute warning, the Vikings are now up to 52 points allowed in the final two minutes of first halves this year, which is utterly insane. That's far and away the most points allowed. It is a gigantic problem for the Vikings, something they have to fix. So, 13 to 10 ends up being the halftime score. Um, they've traded some scores from there on out, and they end up with the ball with uh, up seven with 430 to go. The, the Chargers were down 10. They drove all the way down to the red zone. A gutty finish uh, from the Vikings defense there to stop them at just a field goal. And that was the last time the defense would see the field. The Vikings got the ball with call it four and a half minutes ish with uh, the Chargers. I think they had two timeouts at the beginning of that drive. And they just ran it out. They got into what probably was scoring range anyways to make it a 10-point game, so it would have been fine. But they didn't have to. They just ran the clock out. They just ran 430 off the clock, which was fantastic to see. Helping in that was a long uh, sideline catch by Justin Jefferson, who was absolutely the star of the game. We'll talk more about him in a bit. Um, but yeah, he, he catches a ball that looked a little bit dicey, so Brandon Staley challenges it, loses the challenge, and loses a crucial timeout. So... The Vikings have a fourth and two with about two and a half minutes to go, and the Chargers were out of timeouts by then. They had used all their timeouts trying to stop the clock. Um, there was a third and 20. The Vikings complete it to, I believe, Adam Thielen for 18 of those 20. So they get a fourth and two, toss play to Dalvin Cook, convert, and that brought it to the two-minute warning. Chargers had no timeouts. You do the math. 40 seconds, 40 seconds, 40 seconds. They nail it out. Um, fantastic way to end the game, right? It didn't come down to the last play or anything. It was a very stable win at the end after starting like such an unstable, like classic Vikings game. The first half was a classic Vikings first half. In the second half, they seemed to buck their own trends in the best way. So 
this win, I, I think it should mean a lot to you because, A, the Chargers are a good team. Like, this is not beating up on the Lions, beating them barely by a field goal or whatever. Like, this is a, a bit more of a statement win. It's on the road. And, yeah, the crowd was probably 50% Vikings fans, so the home field advantage crowd noise stuff. But there's still the comfort of it all. There's still the challenge of just going out, playing on the West Coast and all that. Um, so there was a lot of pressure, I think, on this game, considering what was going on off the field, the COVID problems, Dalvin Cook, everything going on. Things just felt like they were slipping. I did an episode, the thumbnail on YouTube for an episode earlier this year or earlier this week was just like never ending nightmare. Just the 2021 season kept on getting worse and to come onto the field and, and win a game and look like the better team and just do it is really, really meaningful to me. And to overcome some other stuff, they had all these penalties, a ton of penalties, a couple of defensive pass interferences. I don't love the calls. Um, I, I'll get more into it if I have time. Um, but in short, I don't know. They might have been the right calls, but they felt a little ticky-tacky to me in the stadium. Um, but yeah, I, I don't love that. I don't love the holding penalties. There was a face mask that gave them a first and 25 in the second half. I, there were a lot of shoot themselves in the foot kind of penalties, especially holdings on Oli Udo specifically, and one on uh, Christian Derisaw that ended up ruining a first and goal on the one opportunity. You just, you can't keep holding. And we'll, we'll talk again about th those penalties, but overcoming all of that and getting a win and making it all not matter is really, really, really exciting. We have been talking about uh, like a rebuild for the last two weeks. Like we've been talking about, well, what, you know, who are the head coaching candidates has been a really popular article, right? Who's out there? What should we do? Well, let's, what offensive minded youngster are we going to go get in to you know, what do we trade away Kirk cousins? Who's going to stay on the roster and all these questions that we've been kind of asking. And I think appropriately. So it felt like things were slipping into the, the depths and they're four and five, like that. Probably, I mean, they're not that much further out, but four and five in this weird weekish NFC is, I think doable. And here's the deal. I, I was on locked on NFL on Monday. I hosted every Tuesday. I went on on Monday to talk Vikings. So go check that out. And, uh, Bo, the host asked me like, what is their place in the NFC picture? And I mean, look, the NFC playoff spots are there for anybody to take. And I think for me, it's more about seeing the Vikings turn around problems that have plagued them all season. If they can get themselves fixed and sneak into the playoffs, these playoffs are open. Nobody is unbeatable. Um, so if they can do that, and I think the, the aggressiveness that we saw in this game is one of the things that can really help to turn them around and turn them into the team that we were promised the team that the Vikings themselves insisted that they are. I think in the second half of this chargers game, they were that team, um, scoring. I mean, it was just 14 extra points and a half. It wasn't anything spectacular, but what it showed was, was encouraging. I want to talk more about that offense and Justin Jefferson and Cook and everything. Um, but first, let me talk to you about how you watch TV. So there's live TV, there's sports and all that stuff. And then there's on demand, you know, the, the streaming and all of that. And there, it can be so annoying to have to log into so many things, all these different devices and logins and security codes and whose phone did I set it up with and all that. Get rid of all of that stuff. You've seen the commercials with Serena and Wonder Woman. That's kind of the idea. You can watch a live tennis match. You can watch a movie on demand all with Direct TV Stream. Direct TV Stream will help you get your TV together by combining all of your live and on-demand favorites in one place, one login, no gajillion remotes, no gajillion inputs, all of that stuff. Everything consolidated and easy. So head on over to directtv.com to learn more about DirecTV Stream. That's directtv.com. Holy crap, Justin Jefferson took over. 
in this game. Justin Jefferson, nine catches for 143 impressive yards. And just about every one of those catches you can think of as like this crazy moment in the game. I mean, the he, he converts a, a second and 20 with where he was tackled like six yards short and he just fights and he gets this iconic like flexing picture after it that he earned he has two crazy circus catches on the sideline including the one that brandon staley challenged and honestly the challenge might have had more impact on the game than the catch itself because that challenge made it so the vikings did not need another first down after the fourth and two at the very end um but i mean both of those were incredible catches absolutely phenomenal Justin Jefferson effort one of those games and yeah it's pretty sweet for that to happen against the Chargers after all the rookie of the year stuff and like we can relish in that for a little bit but I think more importantly the Vikings found a, a way to push the ball downfield and okay so this is really interesting because of course there's been this huge problem I've written a couple of articles about like why can't the Vikings get the ball downfield and you know I, I in the Dallas game I thought it was Kirk in the Ravens game I thought it was on Clint and in this time I don't know first half still kind of had those problems and from the stadium I saw a couple of moments where guys were walking around open and Kirk couldn't get to it either because of the pressure or should he have responded better to the pressure we can talk about all that stuff um but for what whatever happened they found it in the in the second half and they got the ball to him they got it to him downfield they got him over the middle and Justin Jefferson said after the game, they made some kind of big adjustment to get him the ball more. Uh, and then it came out that Mike Zimmer actually called Justin Jefferson up to his office and said, look, you're not getting enough targets. We are going to trust you. And then said, you got to work your ass off to, to earn it, but we are going to put our faith in you. Get ready. And I mean, he paid that out. Holy crap. And if that was really a decision that he was making, it's wild that he hadn't made it yet, that he hadn't had that conversation until, you know, they're three and five. Uh, but I, whatever, I guess this is now they're they're at the half point way point in the season and they figured it out. And if this is figured out, it might not matter that they didn't get to it until now, because if this is the offense the Vikings are, then it's really going to be a fun season from here on out. And if this isn't who they are, and if they go back to being conservative, it's going to be an absolutely excruciating season. I, for one, am excited to find out which kind of Vikings we get. But it was nice to see that bit, that get get pushed a little bit more. Also, a very good Tyler Conklin game. He had a touchdown, a couple of pretty important catches. And we should probably talk about Dalvin Cook and the run game. I thought the run game was okay. It had a, a few too many one and two yarders for me. I don't like the looks that they ran into. There were times when I thought maybe they should have checked out if they didn't have the option to or if Kirk didn't do it. I, I can't really say if it's his fault or the coach's fault or whatever, but they, they, there should have been a way to check out of some of those looks um, where they have, I mean, the Chargers have pretty speedy linebackers and those linebackers were playing a little bit further back, which might make it look like it's a really good run look, but it isn't because they can fill that gap like faster than you're used to um so yeah I, I didn't like some of those decisions but end of the game fourth and two you get it and it is ball game you don't get it chargers have good field position and need a touchdown to tie the game and they do a toss play to delvin cook i hate that play call i'm sorry i know it worked and and i'm glad it worked and good job for dalvin cook and to i, I forget who was kicking out probably brian o'neill um you know just people blocking that up but i cannot stand the fourth and two toss play a just go north and south if you are gonna do something spicy and subversive over that tries to utilize the outside part of the field what i want is a tight end in the flat um or some kind of leaking fullback or something like that like give me something really subversive of a guy that starts in the middle and then works his way to the outside 
um and you know hope that they're not in just like pure man coverage but usually in those kind of situations they they played a little different than that i i just i don't like tossing it like it 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 was very clear that dalvin cook had to do some pretty incredible stuff to convert that fourth and two i don't like the play call even though it worked out but of course i'm very very happy that it worked out and then you just get to kneel out the final two minutes of a game considering how much of a problem the final two minutes of games has been for the vikings it's nice when they can just kneel one of those out and not ever have to worry about it because the chargers were out of timeouts overall hard not to be too happy with the offense here um you can probably talk and and nitpick talk about the first half and the the stupid fumble there were a couple of times the, the vikings really did frustrating things the third and eight fumble was really bad kirk cousins was trying to throw a swing pass or something or he was trying to throw it away to the sideline and he got hit as he threw and the ball just went backwards it was just a lateral his ball his arm was going forward so if he got that ball forward it would have been incomplete although it might have been grounding i am struggling to remember if anybody was around um, but there was also a ground, there were two grounding penalties in this game. One where, uh, Kirk Cousins threw what looked like a screen to nobody. And I think Dalvin Cook didn't know that it was a screen. Um, so he just ran a different route. So there was confusion about what the play call is. Um, and then there was another grounding penalty where he tried to get rid of it on a sack. Um, I don't think the line blocked for him pass protected very well. I noticed a lot of pressure up the middle. Hard to see from the stadium who it was on. I think I noticed Mason Cole like once. I, know, I mean, we noticed Udo a ton with the holding penalties and stuff and getting themselves in those bad situations. But that they clawed out of those bad situations is really, really cool. And I think it's it's difficult to look at the whole body of work here and not be happy. So I want to talk about the defense as well. But first, it is eaten season and that means it is temptation season if you're trying to lose or maintain weight that can be really tough you might get a a sweet tooth little craving but what is perfect for that is built bar they have flavors that might be able to uh, satisfy some of those thanksgiving-y cravings you know you want some like raspberry tart how about a raspberry chocolate built bar instead coconut cream pie they've got a coconut flavor as well they have nine main series flavors that are all delicious and they are low calorie low sugar low carb high protein high fiber all covered in 100 percent chocolate they taste like a candy bar it's not just a protein bar that tastes like you know oats and dreams and chalk it tastes like something you actually might want to go eat on purpose it can satisfy your craving and maybe like 130 calories in one of these bad boys so you don't have to feel like crap about it so head on over to builtbar.com they've got all sorts of limited edition stuff going on at built or built.com every once in a while because those limited edition flavors are really really where it's at so check that out that is at built.com you can use promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 all one word and you give 15 percent off of your next order it's promo code locked 15 at built.com I also want to talk to you about a good old gramble. I'm having so much fun with the live betting apparatus. So, so Bill, Bet Online uh, redesigned their whole website, and uh, the the prop bets is way easier to work with, and the live betting apparatus is awesome. I can just sit there and watch a game, kind of get into the the like it's over area and then you can get a comeback you may have watched the tampa washington game that was on before the vikings were on washington screams out to a big giant lead and tampa bay actually managed to come back a little bit now they fall 10 points short of course but if you were in on that you might have gotten a spread that was tampa bay plus 10 and a half or even more you can get that kind of thing at bet online you can also bet on uh, college football course pros basketball hockey whatever you're looking for even your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to betonline.ag. You can use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, get 50% in a welcome bonus. That means whatever your first direct deposit is when you sign up, use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you can get 
half of that deposit just thrown right into your account as free play money. It's free gambling money. So go take advantage at betonline.ag where the game starts. So headed into this game, we were feeling kind of doom, weren't we? Because there was going to be uh, no Harrison Smith. Of course, no, uh, there was no Anthony Barr. He was kind of a game time decision. He didn't go. Of course, no uh, Michael Pierce, no Daniil Hunter. They were missing like all of their players. <laughs> Like, it was a ton of backups. You had tons of Cam Bynum in this game, tons of, uh, I mean, you had Eddie Yarborough, and Patrick Jones even got his first snaps in this game. Um, there were, you know, tons of Blake Lynch and all of these guys. These guys stepped up. There were plays from Cameron Dantzler. Um, I thought the corners, they didn't, they still are playing too far off for my tastes, um, but it was a little better. I mean, they would come up, they would make the tackle. They were a little more solid. I'm, I'm okay with the corner play. Um, Mackenzie Alexander had a tough game. But other than that, I mean, you had Blake Lynch was making plays on the perimeter. Cam Bynum comes in, gets that unblocked sack as part of the blitz package. But he was also just on his P's and Q's all, all game, which is what you need from a safety. And then there was, this was just the Eric Kendricks game. Oh my goodness, Eric Kendricks absolutely exploded in this game. And he'll have these sometimes. He will just do this. He'll have these games where it looks like he's the only player on the field uh, that's above the age of 14. Like he was shooting gaps. He was playing fast. He was, I mean, sound and everything. Of course, he gets the interception on Justin Herbert um, in the in the first quarter, or in the first half. He did such a good job of just being everywhere on the field, doing his job and then some. And with all these players out, the Vikings are asking uh, their, their good players to do more and more and more difficult things. And that means Eric Kendricks kind of had to be everywhere in this game and he answered the call. And if you want like a good, like nebulous kind of headline grabby takeaway from this game, the Vikings asked their superstars to win it for them and their superstars answered the call. That is really where this game comes down to for me and Eric Kendricks and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook like doing the thing. And that is really, really, really exciting. Um, they also got a lot of good uh, hits on the quarterback from the stadium. I didn't have the easiest time um, locating where those guys were or who those guys were. Um, but I do know that uh, we saw some weird stuff. Here's the thing. Everson Griffin, though. Not a great game. Uh, Rayshon Slater kicked his butt. And Rayshon Slater's a fantastic tackle. I know he's just a rookie, but he doesn't look like a rookie. He's phenomenal. Um, so no shame. But yeah, Griffin's spin move looked kind of slow. I, I kind of made a point to keep an eye on him a little bit um, in some of the, the, the drives. And, and Slater just cooked him. Um, so I, I don't know, not a great game for Everson Griffin. That's okay. I don't, I don't think this is the slowdown or anything like that. It's a good, it's a good, uh, left tackle to go up against and we'll see if, um, I mean, you know, Bakhtiari versus Griffin has been a matchup for a long, long, long time. We'll see what happens on that next week, but it is Packer week. That's really exciting. But overall, I, it's okay to let yourself enjoy this one for a little bit. You know, we haven't had a win since week three that we could really feel good about. Yeah, they had a, they did win a couple games. They went, they almost blew a game to the Lions. They almost blew a game to the Panthers. Um, and those felt so bad. They felt like losses because they were like, we should have done better against those bad teams. Chargers are a good team and going into a good team's house, beating them and having it not have to come back down to the last play, not come down to a ref call. I, I will say I did not like the officiating in this game. It seemed like it went against the Vikings more often than not. It seemed really, really, really ticky tacky. And I bet when I turned on the tape, 
I, I have a feeling I'm going to see some home team stuff that that didn't get called to. And sometimes that's just a quirk of what you see, right? If it's randomly distributed, there are sometimes where the home team gets favored, sometimes the away team gets favored, but that doesn't remove our ability to complain about it. And I'm going to complain about it. I, I did not like I did not like uh, the two pass interference penalties, especially the one on Mackenzie Alexander. Now, he tackled um, Keenan Allen. It was a, a defensive pass interference that set up the Chargers with good uh, right in, in point blank range. And it was a, a slot fade, I believe, from Keenan Allen, and it was not well thrown. It landed like three, four yards away, and the ball was already well out of reach when the contact started. Um, and this happened right in front of my face, so I'm going off of my live viewing. But to me, it looked like an uncatchable. So the, the tackler or whatever, like it, it looked like the contact started too late in the process for Keenan Allen to have had a shot at that ball. So that's why I don't like that call. Um... And I, I thought there were uh, the, the face mask against Luke Stocker seemed really, really, really ticky tacky to me. I didn't see a good angle in the stadium. Maybe there was a better angle in the broadcast that showed that, but it did not look very good to me. And that was such a pivotal play. Um, and the Vi like add that to the penalties the Vikings actually deserved. And they had over 100 yards in penalties that has to get cleaned up. You have to clean up the two minute stuff there. The work is not done in fixing this Vikings team. But if they can stay in the dance for long enough until they are fixed, then enter as a better team than they started in January, that's where you go, all right, anything can happen from here on out. And that has to be the goal of this season. If, you know, everybody in the building wants to keep their jobs, right? Because I think if they miss the playoffs, it's still out with you. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about, about uh, the, the Justin Jefferson stuff. Why did he go deep? Uh, we'll take a closer look at all the backups and all that stuff. We have a lot of things to kind of pull together. But for now, the Vikings won a game. It felt kind of safe. It felt nice. And uh, now they can kind of go into the this game against the Packers feeling a little bit of momentum, feeling like they can believe in themselves a little bit again, feeling that energy. And uh, yeah, we'll see. There's a huge game coming up. So we'll, we'll of course, break down this, uh, this Chargers game ad nauseum. And then Thursday, Friday, we will talk about the Packers. So I look forward to all of that. Once again, thank you so much for making the Locked on Vikings podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. They're covering everything from the national angle. Some weird upsets going on, including the Lions tie. I cannot wait to hear about that from them. So head on over, check that out. I'll see y'all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.